So in my dream, our our friend uh, Teresa, remember the redhead? She went to United. Um, it's like she came back from Ireland, but just had a giant um, Irish accent. And then apparently, like when she went to Germany, she had a deep German accent. And then, I don't know, my dream, you just hijack the culture wherever you travel to. Mm. You know, it's like going to like New York and then you say bing bong everywhere you go. Do Dead people ass. in New York say you're... bing bong? Oh, they do. Oh, you're talking about the TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. Like, you're deadass. You're... What, what about you? What, do, what, what kind of dreams do you have? Um, I don't really remember my dreams. So, like at all? ever. No. You and Martin Luther King would not get along. Probably not. No. Bing! Bing! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard to the Jump Seat Confessions. This is your host, Jordan G, and I'm here alongside... My sweet co-host, mm. Jesse. What's up, dogs? What's up, dogs? You know, today, what is up, dogs, is a very uh, near and dear topic to my heart. We're going to be talking about mental health, Ooh. the health of the brain stuff, and the psychologies, and emotional traumas, unpacking layers of feels well yeah essentially we're going to be talking about how um (laughs) mental health affects uh people in the aviation industry and then uh mostly geared toward like flight attendants and pilots i guess could probably also relate to it um Uh, also i was going to suggest even i would imagine even like truckers or people working on a cruise ship yeah anyone who's going to be uh away for a long period of time um, this is going to be one of those uh, podcasts that, again, yeah, we're a flight attendant podcast, but this one's going to apply to a broader spectrum of professions for sure. sure. Um, so really we broke it down into <clears throat> four categories of mental health issues that are like commonly seen amongst flight attendants. Uh, the first and foremost being alcoholism or substance abuse. Oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, sleep issues. Um, mm-hmm. problems with relationships, and then overall uh, emotional disturbances. Right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm i a drinker, I would say. I do love to partake in some substances on occasion. Um, I, I can happily say that I'm not one of those people who uh, was anesthetizing myself um, with these substances. I was using them to enhance feelings and experiences in life. Um, but I get it. I totally get it why people need to sedate themselves from the pain and suffering uh, that they're going through, especially in the travel industry. I have met many, uh, many substance abuser, many, many an abuser um, in this industry, uh, various ranks, but I've met pilots like that. I've met flight attendants like that. You're always scared when the pilots are like that yeah. because they have so much control over everyone's lives. Um, and I think it's especially triggering when you see a pilot with those kinds of problems. Right. Because they're like, dude, I hope this is just an issue here at the hotel or at the bar and and not at work because holy shit, like your life is a shit show off the clock. I really hope that you got your hands on 10 and 2, brother, because damn, you know, that can be scary. Um, um, yeah, I'm sorry. So, you know, you're good. All, so all of the, we'll, we'll preface this by saying all mm-hmm. of the information and stuff that we, we got from a 
um, study done in December of 2020, so pretty recent, by Frontiers in Psych, and we're going to put the link in the description, uh, so that way if you wanted to reference that at all, uh, you can. Um, right now, we're going to start off by talking about the leading cause of death in flight attendants, um, which is alcoholism and suicide. So, oh yeah, that's that's obviously as juicy stuff is incredibly relevant recently. I believe a flight attendant recently just she jumped off the was it the was top it in floor Orlando? Of, I thought it was Atlanta. I'm not sure. I know that they they jumped off a hotel balcony or something. So, because I know that that happened at the hotel in the Orlando airport. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking. Okay, that's yeah, the Orlando yeah, airport, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Um, so, I mean, it's definitely scary stuff, so that's why it's mm-hmm. important that we address it here, because even though it is, like, fun being a flight attendant, like, there are definitely things to consider, um, if you're thinking about going in the industry. Yeah, and, uh, I also want to preface this, like, I, I do take, um, mental health and suicide extremely seriously, despite my, um, tendency to joke about and make Same. humorous, uh, make humorous statements, uh, about things like this. Um, but please don't, don't let my sense of humor undermine my compassion and understanding for those, uh, suffering in place of need. Um, but that being said, let's talk about that flight attendant who took a leap. Like she went flying without her wings and didn't fly far, went straight, straight down, you know, dive bombed and unpleasant way to go. But I guess when you think about it, at least it's quick. I mean, you hope. Yeah. Yeah. Just breaking your legs. Uh, I mean, like, that's be. when it's slow. Yeah, if you yeah. land on your feet, then assuming you land on your head, it's just quick and over. But God forbid right. you, you've hit and you're mangled and in pain for an hour and a half before you actually pass. That's right. That's terrible. Um, but why do people do it? Why, why call it quits on this life thing? Um, I can speak just from personal experience and you know anecdotal observation. Um, when you think of sunk costs and stuff like that, like how much you've given either to family, to friends, to the company, to your lovers, to maybe in pursuit of a dream, you know, maybe you've expended so many resources um, and you're exhausted and you feel like you're not getting what you're putting in and it makes sense to, to quit. And, uh, you know, just quick, I wouldn't say it's a reset button necessarily, but, uh, Sometimes it feels like that's the only way out for some people. Yeah, it does feel like that because the only other way out would be maybe five years of grueling pain and suffering of working hard or something like that, which is this doesn't seem like it's worth it. Like if, you know, if you can't find the meaning in your suffering and find purpose in that, it's just torture. Mm-hmm. It really is just torture. Like um, a friend of mine once told me that, uh, like, you know, Every scale of new knowledge shed upon naive eyes is pain and suffering. And the glory of that is, oh, you come out wiser from the pain and suffering. But sometimes you just, if you can't find the wisdom in the pain, it's, what's the point? You know? It reminds me of that scene in The Office where Ryan and Dwight like go on that sales call and they don't get it. And they're, like Dwight's like, not everything's a lesson, Ryan. Sometimes you just fail. Like yeah, because Ryan couldn't reconcile. Like, right. Yeah, we did everything right. Right. We did everything right. It's like, oh, dude. Sometimes life is like that, and that that can be fucking crushing. You yeah. Know? Um. 
you know, especially you do everything right at work and then you don't get the promotion or you, you do everything right, uh, I want to say like with, a, with an incident and maybe you even save somebody's life. But if you didn't get enough witness reports or something, right. then the company cracks down on you and makes you the bad guy even though you did the right thing. You know, you, it's easy to lose faith in you know systems and institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when you know when you just lose all hope. Right. So, so that's definitely one reason people people do that. So I think it's probably important to start with like the emotional side effects of being a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, people's anxiety got worse with the pandemic. Like oh, yeah. anxiety's bad before because you have to think about it. You're stuck in a middle tube. But, with... I mean, th- there was a handful of flight attendants. Like I want to say it's when the introverts really rose to prominence. Right. It's like what empty planes? I love this job. Like right. they, they, they're just. You know, because the flights were maybe 18 people total on an aircraft that holds 240 right. people. at the beginning and of And five pandemic. flight attendants, yeah, you know. And so the, there was those people who were relishing and excited about that. Like, right, oh, and, then, and then, like, people started fighting you because of the mask enforcement right. and stuff like that. And, like, it just got really bad. Like, because you're coming to work and you have these expectations. You have to, like, maintain a level of professionalism. And, like, you have laws and stuff that you are required to enforce. Mm-hmm. And... People are just not reciprocating that. So, like, you develop yeah. this extreme anxiety of, like, what passenger am I going to have today? Like, what problems am I going mm-hmm. to have today? And you, instead of, like, normal jobs, <laughs> when you can just, like, kind of, like, let it go. Like, you're stuck in a tube with these people for hours at a time. And you're expected to, like, keep those feelings inside of you. Like, it builds up after a while. Yeah, I think um, the accumulated feeling of helplessness uh, attributes to that because right. it's like when you feel like you're trapped in a tube there is no escape so there's a feeling of they're not respecting my authority how far is this going to go like is how violent is this going to get and and then you just wish that they would just listen to my words right you know and if the words aren't working you know you just start to feel helpless because you know you can't be the I can't just run up and punch them in the face I wish to, to humble them yeah. and like, well actually now who's the flight attendant you know you just can't do that Although that might be what make, makes sense to you in your head. Right. That's the way the feeling of helplessness comes from. It's like well, you, you know the solution, like, but it's not within reach. Well, it's like not you feasible. can't even really walk away. Like sometimes you can mm-hmm. like go sit in the bathroom for like five minutes or mm-hmm. something like that. But it's like as soon as you walk out there, it's like still that toxic Tension's environment. There. Yeah. Like yeah. you and can't escape that for yeah. however long the flight is. If you've got a really good crew, you can swap out with another flight attendant to take the pressure for you. You know, think good cop, bad cop, you know, you swap roles. Um, but even that, like, what if you're a flight attendant and you don't have the social grace? What if you're, what if the flight attendant and no other flight attendants like you? Or that what if you, the person's yeah. just an asshole? Yeah, no, exactly. That, that's what I mean. But, like, <laughs> but then I'm going into, like, why would even someone even get to that mode of wanting to kill themselves, you know? Right. Um, that feeling of loneliness adds to the helplessness, adds to the hopelessness of just the, the whole situation. Well, and I feel like that kind of goes into, like, problems like with relationships too because it's like you're missing holidays mm-hmm. like so even your established relationships that you already have mm-hmm. it's really hard to maintain those like you're missing your best friend's birthday because yeah. you can't get it off you're missing <clears throat> christmas you're missing mm-hmm. your child's first steps like whatever the case may be like yeah. that's gonna M- be really isolating yeah yeah I can say from my own perspective, I mentioned passingly in our previous uh, podcast that, uh, you know, my dark ages, 2019, and I remember how depressed I was and uh, how I felt like I just didn't matter. 
like so much to the point. I remember I, I changed my haircut this before I met you. you. You've seen me like this since I've met you, but uh, I, I didn't even want to look like the person on my ID. I just hated everything about myself, and I just really felt like a ghost, even though I'm an extreme extrovert, and I'm loud, and I'm Mr. In-Your-Face Action. I remember vividly just staring at um, my uh, main cabin, not the main cabin door, like one of the mid-cabin doors on 321. I remember just staring at that. I was like, you know what? I bet if I just pop this slide and cause a scene and cancel this flight, that'll prove to me that I matter, that I'm, I'm a factor in this world around me. Because I just felt like such a non-factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean you could say it's petty if you want, but like, you know, it was based on some girl not loving me and how much that stretched into how I saw myself in any other regard. That My brain was playing with the idea of, let I me mean, do something that's literally going to yeah. get me arrested. Why not do something so outlandish and absurd and chaotic just to prove that I can exist and be a factor in this life thing? So that's how small I felt. And and I know that hinges on, you know, like, I mean... But also, if you didn't yeah. have the same, like, if you didn't have, like, the mental and emotional stuff going on that's associated with being a flight mm-hmm. attendant, like, yeah. it might not have been that extreme. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, uh, you know, anyone can have emotional distress, but... You know, for the purposes of this podcast, we're talking about people in the travel industry in general. You're spending time away from home. You're away from your loved ones. You're away from your support systems. Um, and it's a lot of work to maintain those anchors. Right. Uh, emotionally and socially and stuff like that. And that's what leads to, I would say, that's where people self-medicate. That's where the right. alcohol comes in. That's where the drugs come in. That's where the toxic, you know, weightlifting and yoga obsessions come in. Um well, and of those also, sorry to interrupt yeah, no, you, right. but also within the industry, like it's federally regulated. So every, like you get alcohol tested, you get drug tested. So it's like, it's really hard to, to want to get help because like the fear of losing your job is like a very real fear. Mm-hmm. It's right in your face. So it's like, yeah. So even if you're self-medicating, you're secretive about right. if you're medicating yourself. Yeah. Right. Like people will do like, um, like sleeping, like, like excessively take sleeping pills to like regulate their sleep. They'll mm. do cocaine on a layover because it's like the quickest drug to get out of your system, and mm. it'll and it's like super coffee. Right. Yeah. You're just gonna have like you're yeah. gonna go out, have a great time, whatever. Mm. Um, and it happens. Like, uh, instead of like actually going and like seeing a therapist and like mm. getting you know an antidepressant that fits within the drug, I don't know categories. I guess that are permissible by the FAA. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, it's easier to just like get coke. Yeah. And it's it's because it's so uh, strictly regulated. There's a stigma of being labeled as a crazy person, especially, you know, you're the flight attendant, you're the person on the aircraft who's supposed to, supposed to remain calm, cool, and collected. You're Mm -hmm. you're supposed to, uh, resolve disputes and handle potentially aggressive confrontations with a smile on your face and, you know, um, a calm demeanor, and modest tone. Uh, so when you feel the need to break down, you feel like, oh no, I'm not allowed to. I'm the one who has to keep it in control. I'm mm-hmm. the one who has to hold it together for everyone else. And that can prevent people from wanting to seek help because God forbid you get some help, uh, whether it's therapy or whether it's uh, medical assistance. Now there's that stigma of, oh, they're a crazy person. They're dependent on I don't know, like an antidepressant or something that's right. keeping them functional. 
I mean, I take an <clears throat> antidepressant. It keeps me functional. Like, yeah. let's destroy the stigma around yeah. taking, like, antidepressants and stuff like that. Like, I have the worst anxiety ever, uh, so I take medication for it. It is yeah. what it is, you know? I mean, it I, helps me not function. Yeah, I'm very slow to medicate. I'm one of those people who, like, I'd rather... Try, try a else. secret family recipe meal or something like right. that before. And I'm like that with all kinds of medicines, not just with mm-hmm. the mental health. Um, I, I get therapy regularly. I still get my, uh, oh, down to monthly sessions. I used to go every week and now I do monthly sessions therapy. Um, I also did therapy. It's yeah. great. Yeah, and no, I recommend it. It's not for everyone, but it's definitely for me. Well, and, and I feel like it takes a lot too. Like if you don't click with a therapist, like try a different one before just giving up. Because yeah. I have tried four different therapists, mm-hmm. and my most recent one was the only one who really worked for me. Yeah, and th- <laughs> there's this, uh, pre- I would just say like a social presumption that if you're getting mental help, that you're unfit for the job you're performing, or, or just by default, weak. or that you're weak or something. Yeah. And I think uh, other people who can resonate with this is like when you think soldiers or police officers or... Okay, this is an outlandish one. I met somebody who was a black Nazi. Mm. Yeah, that's not a nice. that's not a hyperbole. It's not a metaphor. He was a legit African American man uh, who espouses Nazi beliefs. Um, he's super hardcore right wing MAGA dude. Uh, not that those are are the same thing, but they tend to be associated with one another. Uh, and he was actually incredibly self aware uh, when we were unpacking this because I was in disbelief, and you know we were unpacking his hatred of Jews. And he was even saying that, like me, like I know it's not healthy to just compulsively hate people. I know that's not healthy. I know I've needed help for years. And I would also say this gentleman, I believe it was a police officer at the time. I don't know if it was a mechanic or police officer. So it adds even more of the cliche stigma and Nazi crap. But he recognized he had a problem and that this, this hatred and aggression isn't healthy and it's unnatural. But... He knows that if he was to seek the help and get the help he needs, he says they're going to label him crazy. They're going to take his guns away. He said, ain't nobody taking my guns away because, you know, what about the left and their crazies? They get to keep their guns, you know? So not to go down that political rabbit hole, but it's like it shows how like people who even when they recognize they need help, they're concerned about the ramifications of getting the help, that they're going to lose rights. They're going to lose benefits. They're going to lose their assets. They're going to lose their guns. Their jobs. Just to get their jobs. Like, they're, they're worried they're going to lose these foundational aspects to their existence just for asking for help and recognizing that they have a problem. Right. And that's a major blockage. You know, I think a, a lot of soldiers go through that. Again, pilots definitely go through that. Mm-hmm. Again, the, you know, these, these guys are the, driving the entire aircraft. They're responsible for everyone's lives. And then they do, you don't like, want to be self-deprecating things like cheating on their wife and, like, yeah. like spending money at strip clubs it's a different and kind drinking of self-medicating, a bunch of yeah. stuff. Self-medicating like, with other people's body parts, you know? Right. Um, but all of that is, it's really, again, it's to, <clears throat> to distort the hopelessness, to, to block out the sadness, block out the feelings of loneliness. Well, and um, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know... What is what is gonna be the the answer for that? But I just I just understand why it happens, right? You know? Well, I also like being in the aviation industry. Like the culture of being in aviation promotes drinking. You're around people yeah. drinking every single day. Like it'll be a five a.m. flight and people are like, oh yeah, I'll get a double Tito's. Like 
Um, and then like you're going out to dinner and people are drinking. Like it's, it's like a constant, like in your face kind of thing. Like I took a three month sabbatical from drinking and it was really fucking hard to not drink. It was super hard, but I was like, this is something that I want to do for myself. Um, and, but it's just, it's so hard. It's constantly getting tossed in your face and people look at you weird if you're not drinking. Yeah. It's like uh, on the, on the layovers, it's again, like you see, you see all the Instagram flight attendants and people like, Oh my God, check me out. I'm in Cabo. I'm in Punta Cana. I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm in blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm in Florida. It's on these sexy tropical places where everyone's having margaritas and pina coladas and it's, it's expected for you to drink. Right. And it's, uh, it's again, it's almost weird. It's like, what, but we have a 20 hour layover. Why won't you have a cocktail on the beach? You know? As a flight attendant, you you know you get to live these little mini vacations that a lot of I want to say just normal people look forward to in the summertime. We we might get that every other week, and so there's that compulsion. Well, I have access to it. Right. It's easy to get drinks. But also, that's like a coping mechanism. So like yeah. you're like okay, you just had a really shitty day, and mm-hmm. now you having access to all these drinks like is a way for you to be like, oh yeah, today sucks. Let's just like numb yeah. the pe- feeling and forget about it instead of like addressing like okay this made me feel this way this is why it made me feel this way like how can i like essentially developing cognitive behavioral therapy so Mm -hmm. that you can like ultimately learn how to cope with those in a healthy way instead of Mm -hmm. going to alcohol or substances yeah like i'm 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 real big with uh resolving um as many emotional issues that you have like, at the source at the source yeah like resolve keep resolve your problems at home so you don't have to bring them with you everywhere you go mm-hmm. and i know that's easier said than done you know i know some people are i've had a dollar for every flight attendant i met in like some toxic marriage right some loveless marriage where they're separated but not divorced or some weird situation like that and you know a breakup is different than a divorce, you know, especially if you have children together and stuff like, I get it. You can't just resolve that problem and then go to work the next day. Right. Um, but for the other stuff, like whether maybe it's self image issues or, uh, maybe it's financial stuff like that. Like there's, there's other ways to, you know, alleviate your mind and leave those problems at home or to solve them altogether. Right. So that you're not, you know, stuck with it. Um, another thing that flight attendants especially, I mean, it does happen both in a male or and female role, but a lot of things that especially female flight attendants uh, experience is sexual and verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it Definitely. goes unaddressed. Like, you can, you can bring those to, like, bring the issue up to whoever the correct authorities are, but, like, still the passenger's going to fly. Like, it doesn't really matter um, unless it escalates. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, I mean, most of the time if a woman gets sexually assaulted, she's not going to report it because nothing's going to happen. Um, so that's also something that flight attendants, like I said, I know that it happens both male and female. Um, but because flight attendants is, like, a majority population of females. Yeah, it's overwhelmingly um, yeah. women. Overwhelmingly women. and um, yeah. So you just put up with it. And that also can lead to, like... Wanting to self harm, uh, self image issues, uh, anxiety, like uh, stress, uh, depression. Again, circling back to what we were saying before, the feeling of helplessness. Yeah. It's like, why report him if nothing's gonna happen? Right. And uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to hard to keep the hope alive. You yeah. know, uh, when again when you're traveling, 
Uh, was, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and that affects stuff like that, like sleep, sleeping in general. You know, sleep is your time to rest and recharge and reset yourself emotionally and physically. If you're unable to sleep, everything gets worse. Mm-hmm. Everything's gonna stagnate. Uh, you know, I, I don't care what these like fitness guru, hyper alpha male uh, podcast guys tell you. Oh no, you should only be sleeping four and a half hours, four and a half hours every night. So that you can get up and own the morning, crunch at the gym or whatever. It's like, no, dude, eight me, hours I'm or more. Gonna, I'm going to prioritize my sleep over you need, working you out You need eight hours. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm a lazy ass, but, but lazy ass aside, it's, it's, a, it's like a spiritual, physical, right. and mental reset button. Well, you know? and, and I know that <laughs> a lot of times like working out is an opportunity for you to like increase your endorphins and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like really good for like helping you manage your stress and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But for me, I'm literally always going to pick sleeping because if I'm not like, especially as a flight attendant, you're like crossing multiple different time zones. You're waking mm-hmm. up at two o'clock in the morning and you're not getting mm-hmm. done until midnight the next night. Like yeah. your sleep schedule is all over the place. So for me, I'm like, I know I'm going to sleep rather than freaking go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is what it is. Also like I, again like since you do feel isolated and stuff like that if people want to go out i'm gonna go out like and i know it's not necessarily healthy that i'm like choosing that over sleeping but it's like at the same time i still need that social interaction i still need to feel something like i don't want to i didn't do this job to like work and sleep you know so that's why i'm like i'm gonna some like i need to at least take advantage of the opportunity to go out in a new city Sometimes, you know. And sleep deprivation can also be a real motherfucker with your senses. Like, you'll legit hallucinate, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't know if any of, any of our listeners has dabbled with, like, acid, you know, in psychedelics when you can see, like, light trails and how distortions of energies and sounds will affect you very differently uh, in your high state, you know. But... Sleep deprivation is very similar. The longest I've stayed awake was 51 hours. Ew. Yeah. The, yeah look, the dark ages, you know. Um, and time passes differently. I've, you'll see things that don't exist. I feel like you'll have conversations with people who aren't there. It, well, it's weird schizophrenic behavior, you know. Well, and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that sleep deprivation also leads to like other like actual like physical yes it depletes your immune system like yeah. and a, lot, a lot of people don't know this that, that feeling you get when you're tired and you're like ugh, 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 but you're just not falling asleep like you're forcing yourself to stay awake to watch the show or something that that feeling is the signal that your body is officially using your vitamin c to keep you running your vitamin c that's supposed to protect you and your immune system and shit like that you're officially depleting that in order to stay awake Sometimes you got to do that for survival purposes. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever job responsibilities. But uh, that's when you know you're running on empty. When you're, when you're doing that, like, grungy, heavy, Stop long doing that. blinks. You keep making me want to yawn. It's so, <laughs> With it's the, so. The uh, heavy blinks, you know? Uh, uh, which can also lead to, like, obviously other scary things at work where, like, yeah. you could fall asleep at work and, like, obviously yeah. not great. See, now I'm yawning. Yeah, well. What did you do that to me for? Um contagious also to sleep deprivation like sometimes people will go to like sedatives or alcohol again leading to substance abuse so Mm -hmm. it's all it's all kind of like a really vicious cycle Mm -hmm. um if you're not sitting there and like taking care of your mental health yeah um what so i guess i want to go into sleeping 
Oh, what? Because I don't feel bad. I'm over here pointing at a sheet, ladies and gentlemen. What's like going that. on? So usually I write the little checklist of like how we're talking stuff, and this time we started at the bottom. Jesse did, and although I love her wonderful handwriting, we kind of started all over the place, so it's not like a normal timeline, like from top is to bottom. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, it's really pretty chaos. I love this this organized chaos, but I'm just. Yeah, but we were talking about like relationships. Well, we, we mentioned. I was I was gonna say it's like why it's hard to even uh, like maintain like when you think time management, whether with loved ones, but I guess it goes in support system. I don't know. In general, um, being away, and being away from your loved ones, uh, and being in the environment that you're in. Yeah, especially again a hyper celebrate. Oh, I'm sorry, a hyper alcoholic and just drug promoting environment, which is just gonna be flight attendant. Like at least in America, I I I don't know too many of flight attendants uh, from like foreign airlines. Like when you think Lufthansa, Emirates. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know anyone. If we have any listeners who work for those airlines, please let us know if things are different. different. I don't, I'm gonna be honest. I'm imagining it's a bit more stressful, especially when you think their image issues, their yeah. their image standards, and how like they have to maintain that perfect fucking body type and yeah. beauty standard, and the fact they're way more strict with their uniforms than ours are. Mm-hmm. Imagine all of the stress we've just been unpacking throughout this podcast on top of that insanely strict work standards. Um, that, that'll just magnify the problems, in my opinion. Right. Um, and so like, I'd, be, I'd be curious to hear from them. Like, what do they do to, uh, to manage? I mean, besides we mentioned, oh, get a decent amount of sleep. Right. But, um, like, what, what is their secret to staying sane and not falling down the rabbit hole of just hopelessness and the emotional abyss well, what about you what, what, what are your what are your solutions i go nowadays? to therapy and so i take antidepressants just those two that's it i sleep you know and <laughs> i drink and i take benadryl before i go to bed so i'm doing all the oh, things that we do. tell people not to do yeah i do that you're chemically inducing your sleep yeah it's which great. is okay it's good i would i wouldn't say that's abuse that's substance use well i, I also say, really I have bad allergies abuse. i have really bad allergies too so it, it helps yeah, that's, just, really that's substance use. All that substance use. I, I would say my number one support. I mean, aside from like my therapist, like once a year. I'm used to do every month. week, but uh, I'm sorry, once a month. Oh my god, I'm changing every second. Um, my friends are excellent counselors. I want to say I have. I've been blessed to have excellent uh, friends who are just giant reservoirs of knowledge and experience. And you know, these my a lot of my close friends. It's like the Avengers of international affairs and stuff like one person's <laughs> Indian, one person's Chinese, one person's black, one person's white. I, I have just the United Nations of mental health supporters. So I got a lot of different perspectives uh, culturally and generationally uh, on feedback on my problems and or what's good about me that I'm not recognizing. And so I just have a lot of access to support. Uh, I think that's my, my number one crutch. I mean, aside from you know, I make time to socialize. I make time, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it abuse. I make time to socially drink and, you know, go to concerts and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unpack. Do things pa- that you enjoy. Night. Yeah, I make time for personal enjoyment that makes the suffering worth it. Like when I'm thinking about how stressful work is or how stressful my family can be or how stressful my love life can be, I remember how good everything else is. Yeah. You know, and I'm just reminded from my wonderful support system. So we're definitely going to drop resources in the description of this 
uh, episode so that if you if you need help, if you know somebody else who needs help, um, these are going to be like starting points for you. Yeah, and also talk to your company. Like if you're, I was going to say, yeah. a lot of companies have uh, employee assistance programs. Yes, and those are very, very useful. Please don't be turned off at the idea of maybe being labeled as the crazy person. Um, it's, it's not worth harboring those feelings and becoming an emotional time bomb uh, all on yourself. You know, um, Even if you can't solve your problems exactly, uh, seeking therapy, accessing help, you know, seeking support systems from friends or professionals, um, these are ways that you can you know, cope. And cope with what's going on and how you can endure with a smile on your face. To the next day, you know. And shameless plug for me, I'm studying social work. I only have <laughs> I only have one semester left, so I'm almost done with my degree. Um, but if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to a professional yet, like I said, I'm not anywhere near a professional. I'm not certified or anything like that. Um, but please feel free to send us a DM um, on our Instagram page. It's jumpsy underscore confessions pod. Um, like I said, I am a huge advocate for mental health. Um, like I said, I go to therapy myself. I take an antidepressant myself. Um, I encourage people to, you know, seek help. Um, and yeah, don't suffer you, in silence. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you need just somebody to talk to, or you need someone to find resources that are going to work for you in your circumstances. Um, like I said, please don't reach out. This is a judgment free zone and any of our DMS are going to remain completely anonymous to, uh, protect you and, Anyone else who might be involved. Yeah, I'm pretty cool to talk to, too. So. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, so if I can't Message help you... Message yeah, If you, I can't help you, yeah. Jordan can. Yeah, like, listen, so. underneath all these little dick and fart jokes is a deeply compassionate and understanding person. I think it's so. a pair of people. We're both, like, we're both... I've never used the word dick and fart jokes before, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, but, like, we are actually, like, we can be serious if the, mm-hmm. like, if the circumstances mm-hmm. require. But sometimes, you know, you just need a little comedic relief, and we're great for that, too. Oh. So, Which is a, also a great... That's a better way to uh, abuse your problems with comedy than with drugs. Yeah. And substances. Perfect. You know, medicate yourself with humor. All right. Well, that's <laughs> going to be our show for today. Um, please, like I said, if you or somebody you know need help, you can reach out to us on our Instagram or use any of the resources that we have linked in the description. Um, and as always, pay your flight accounts for boarding. See ya. Yeah, that's it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>